I want to go to Proverbs 31 today. How many of you know automatically what that passage is about? All the women raised their hands. Yeah, um, I debated this because it's a good way for me to get my butt kicked. <laughs> it's, it's about the virtuous woman, the noble woman. Um, all the guys are going, yeah, let's hear that. And uh, There's more to it. Uh, some years ago, Shar uh, and, and Denise were teaching in another country, and, and uh, they were going through this passage, and they, the translation they were using talked about the virtuous woman. Well, it came out vicious in the translation, <laughs> the vicious woman, and so we've kind of enjoyed that ever since. Um, I'll let Shar know at times that... Uh, She's a vicious woman, and she'll respond back, you better not mess with me because I am a vicious woman. And, uh, but we've enjoyed that. Uh, in the book of Proverbs, the first nine chapters are largely poems and such, and it's a father's advice to his son. And he talks about listening to Lady Wisdom. There are four separate poems in that section where he says, listen to Lady Wisdom, this is where she'll lead you and guide you. The final chapter of the book has a poem that a mother's advice to her son about looking for a woman. And in that, uh, anytime you see a cluster of like 22 verses in Scripture, you can almost be certain that it's a poem, an acrostic poem off the 22 Hebrew letters. That's just a, a common thing. In fact, if you hit 66 verses, it's most likely clusters of three. So just keep that in mind. But um, I want to look initially at the fact that um, there's attention to drawn to three factors that um, kind of drive us in regard to attraction. And beauty, charm, and character. And... What is coming across in this particular passage is saying, beauty's fleeting. It doesn't last forever, and so it's not the best driver, so to speak. Charm, well, there's a certain deception involved with that or a, a flattery that we can get caught up in that is, is false. And so that isn't as healthy either. But then it dives into this idea of character and what I want you to notice as we walk through this, that the roles described in this often are roles in our culture that we see as male roles. And so through time, cultural roles change. They go here and there. But there are certain factors of life that stay the same. And so what I'm suggesting to you is that this isn't bad advice for a guy either. This isn't just a passage to say, well, women ought to act like this. Uh, these are character values that are advisable for everyone. And so when we're walking through that, uh, I just want to note that. And then also, there's a phrase called the fear of the Lord develops this. In the New Testament, we don't toss out the old. We don't uh, set it aside, but rather the New Testament builds off of the foundation of the old. And so in this, there's discussion of the fear of the Lord moves this person into nobility. 
in the New Testament, we would say Paul's describing the law of the Spirit that's written on our hearts that transforms us to these things of character. And so when we're looking at these different traits, there may not be a mention of Jesus in each verse. There may not be a mention of the Spirit in each verse. But at the same time, these are character traits that are all admonished in the New Testament. And they have value for us to just kind of walk into and say, okay, how well am I doing in this area? Or if you're looking for a spouse, it, it might not hurt to look beyond beauty. You know, that's, that's just one of those things that we acknowledge. Um, there's a, there are things that I think that, you know, guys that they get distracted, I think they tend to put a higher premium on beauty than they should. In the same way, I think that gals oftentimes are prone to listen to a charming voice, you know, and want that conversation. Uh, you know, here, regularly, I'm telling college guys, you're going to have to learn how to do more than grunt if, if you want a date. You know, mm, uh, yeah, uh -huh. that works with guys. You know, that's, that's fine. You know, generally, we can, we can go through a whole afternoon just grunting with each other, and it it's okay, but it doesn't necessarily work when you're trying to engage with a, with a woman. She wants more detail. The, the other side of this is that uh, there are times when, when I've... <laughs> how, how, how do I tattle on this? I, I, I remember a distinct conversation with three beautiful gals that were turning 30. And they're bemoaning that they didn't necessarily draw every eye in the room anymore when they walked in. And I'm going, you got to be kidding me. Now, they're great people and godly, but, you know, it's like, it can be, it can be very satisfying to have that impression given. But at the same time, it's, it doesn't accomplish the depth of what we're called to in Christ. And so let's, let's walk through these. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, see how long it takes me to get in trouble, but I, I probably have already crossed the line. Uh, let's look at the idea of trustworthiness in verse 11. Her husband's heart has trusted her, and he does not lack the dividends. She's rewarded him with good, not harm, all the days of her life. What a crucial thing in a relationship to be able to trust one another, right? You know, we, we talk about cheating on others, you know, and that's connected with social intimacy generally. And it's a horrific thing. But there's more to it than that, even in, in the idea of trust. It's a good thing to be able to trust what a person's told you so they don't have to go back and correct things or, you know, you're relying on that and suddenly it just falls apart. You go, what, do you, what were you saying? Well, I, I thought that was true. Or, you know, you know what I'm saying. It, we want to be able to trust another's words. Um, we want reliability when people promise something. We want that trustworthiness. We want, if you say that you're going to do this, I want to know that I don't have to keep coming back and checking, but it's going to get done, right? Those, those are big deals. 
we want to be able to trust each other in public in a way that we know that we're not going to be put down or insulted or they're going to take their frustration or angers and say, well, maybe I can get my point across when others are listening. Maybe I can embarrass them into a different activity or behavior. You know, and, and you're going, that's the source of shame and bullying and domineering. You know, those, none of that is healthy, right? And, and each of us knows how it stings to have somebody in public push us down. But this passage is saying that a, a noble spouse or a noble person doesn't do that. They're trustworthy. Let's go on to the next one. She sought out wool, flax, and worked happily with her hands. In other words, just they're a person who makes the most of the skills that they have. They're not seeking ease first or my time, but they're implying themselves to life. They've discovered the joy of producing or the joy of even investing energy into things. Some of you are runners, and, and you know that like when you come back after a run, there's a certain rush that happens shortly after you've exerted yourself that way. God's designed us even to enjoy the labor that we put out. He's designed us to, to have even a physical enjoyment that comes out of that investment. And in some ways, you know, to discover that in your work is a, an awesome thing. Next verse. She's found like, she's like merchant ships. She'd bring her food from afar. But it's like that refusing shortcuts in chasing excellence. It's going the extra mile to find the thing that works best and fits best. Seeking out the hard to find and the valuable provision. And just saying, it's, I'm not going to take the first that comes or I'm not going to take the easiest path but I'm going to go the distance to do what's best. Okay, 15. She rose while it's still night and provided food for a household and a portion to her female servants. Um, again, that rising early, you know, I guess that's probably good for everyone, right? But we most likely have to learn how to go to bed the night before to get up early and that's sometimes harder to do. That said, there's an idea in this of providing for others. You know, the discipline of life, not just for self, but that putting of the energy into making sure that everyone else is taken care of. This is good for guys and gals, right? <laughs> this, this is a character thing that, that when we're walking through these things, we're going, yeah, this applies to everyone. Um, skipping the warmth of personal enjoyment to see that others are provided for. It's a valuable gift or trait, so to speak. Uh, 16, she considered a field and bought it. From her own income, she planted a vineyard. Making a plan and working the plan. But it's like taking that time to just say, what would be valuable, what would be good, and then putting energy into that. It's insightful thought. It's planning for long-term gain. It's looking ahead and saying, this is how things ought to be taken care of. 
Verse 17, she clothed herself in might and she strengthened her arms. We don't usually associate that with women, do we? But in that context, in that setting, they did. But what goes beyond that? It's taking the skills that you have and developing them and developing endurance and perseverance. It's staying with it until you accomplish what you want to get done. It's not excusing incompetence or low-level standards, but it's saying, I'm going to keep at this until it's amazing. Verse 18, she perceived that her merchandise was good. Her lamp would not go out in the night. There was a quality to what she had done, but also, in a sense, there's a security associated with it. If you've ever been in a place where there is no electricity, you know how important it gets just to be able to have a light at night. And to say that this lamp doesn't go out is saying there's a certain security knowing that if something comes up, I have access to, to light to see and to do. 19, she extended her hands to the spool, her hands grasped the spindle. In other words, there was no skipping activity or the day, no lazing away, but it's just a, a consistent um, putting of self into this. No pain, no gain is the, what the <laughs> phrase goes for our day. 20, she opened her hand to the poor and extended her hands to the needy. I like that this comes in at this point because there is a potential to interpret all these verses to this point of saying, yeah, this could really make our lives great. This, can, this is really good for us. This is good for me if this person's like this. And yet there's a, a, a very distinct declaration here that the wealth that we gain and the benefit that we have also has an outward look that says not everyone's in the same position. Not everyone is, is of the same place, and so we need to be ready to give back or invest into others' lives who aren't doing as well. And so in this sense, there's a generosity that's a part of this person. 21. She would not fear her household in winter because of her household were clothed in scarlet, because she made coverings for herself, because her clothing was fine linen and purple. In other words, it's that saving for a rainy day or preparing for downtimes that you know are coming. And the idea of the purple and scarlet is that these were colors of royalty. And so it wasn't just preparing, but it was preparing to do with excellence. It was knowing that difficulty was ahead. It was knowing that not this tomorrow would not necessarily be the same as today, but making preparation so that tomorrow would be excellent as well. 23, her husband's well known in the city gate when he sits with the elders in the land. We're going to get to verse 31, but there's an idea that her name is known in the city as well. And so the combined fruit of a, a, a marriage that's working not only takes care of itself, but it has the capacity to invest in the city, in the community. And with that also is that if the example is being set where these are lives well lived, it's known in the town. 
and it opens a door for influence. And so in looking at this, these were examples to follow. These were uh, making each other better. You know, you, you invest in this other, and it actually expands their influence as well. And so when you look at this together, you're going, you know, part of my job is to promote the others, so to speak, or be, give them a stable place where they can actually have benefit to other lives as well. 24, she made linen garments and sold them and traded belts to the merchants. Her clothing was strong and splendid. She laughed at the time to come. Quality speaks for itself. And even in this, there's a success that today has gained that says, I can look at tomorrow and anticipate success as well. There's a looking forward that says, you know what? Today was good. Tomorrow will be even better. You know, it's not that glass half empty. It's an acknowledgement that life is, is working well enough today that I don't have to dread tomorrow. 26, she opened her mouth with wisdom. I know I'm racing through this, but when you have 22 points, be thankful. <laughs> okay. She opened her mouth with, with wisdom and loving instruction on her tongue. And so, again, it's that idea, what is the speech that's coming out of the mouth of the person that you're looking at? Is it building up and is it uplifting or is it insulting and demeaning? It's a thing of, um, is it crippling or is it uplifting? Is it worth listening to? And again, that's one of the things that we're looking at and saying, the presence of God in our lives or this heart that's dedicated to him is going to allow that character to be developed within us. 27, watching over the ways of her household, she would not eat the bread of idleness. In other words, laziness isn't an option. Oversight is serving others. You know, if you, if you have that responsibility, it's not coming to you, but it's also that idea of taking care of those around you. 28, her children have risen and called her blessed. Her husband has also praised her. Many daughters have done valiantly, but you've surpassed them all. One of the things to uh, acknowledge is that when we ask ourselves, how well am I doing and how much am I following this, it's probably a good thing to say, are others saying things about me <laughs> that are saying, I appreciate this? Or is there a lot of silence? You know, it, it may be that we tend to deceive ourselves, you know, and, and we would love to think that, yeah, of course I'm fulfilling this. But if there isn't much recognition of that coming back, then most likely it's not necessarily happening in quite the level that we think it is. But in this passage, it just says, others note that. They understand it and see it. Finally, the last two verses. Charm is deceitful. And beauty is fleeting. A woman who fears the Lord, she makes herself praiseworthy. Give her credit for what she's accomplished and let her works praise her in the city gates. In other words, not just family notices, but community notices as well. 
And there's a nobility about a life lived that way that's dedicated unto the Lord. And so when we come before him and we say, I want to develop this relationship with you. I want to walk in the light of your spirit. I want to do what you've asked of me. We aren't just looking for emotional experiences. We're not just looking for another high in the Lord. But we're looking for a transformation of our lives in a way that develops a noble character and, is a, and has enough capacity to bless others abundantly. So, summary. <laughs> the fear of the Lord, or the law of the Spirit, however you want to look at it, moves us to live a praiseworthy life. We have the capacity to develop noble character. That's what God puts within us. And character has more significant long-term impact on a relationship than does either beauty or charm. There we go. Lord, we thank you for your scripture that speaks life. We pray that in each of our situations that you'd help us to recognize areas of growth that we can take on in you and by your spirit be transformed. We ask that you would develop nobility within our lives. We ask that our character would represent you in an awesome way. Guide our steps, we pray. Amen. Just a final tag. Um, obviously, if you're looking for a spouse, it would be good to evaluate character, right? But if you're already in a relationship, you change yourself. You don't, you don't get to change others. You get to change yourself. And so you ask, what would make me noble in this relationship? And I guess in regard to kids, you've had this list in front of you. <laughs> keep it there and keep targeting that as you grow.